Welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports. And we are excited to bring you the latest transfer portal, NIL, recruiting, and other big news from across the nation. Today, we're going to tackle one of the hottest topics in college football, conference realignment. It's something that has been talked about since Oklahoma and Texas uh, brought things back to light after about a decade's worth of, of peace amongst the conferences. Uh, back in 2021, when the Sooners and Longhorns finally decided to uh, break ties with the Big 12 and chase a big paycheck that is the SEC. There's a little more benefits to that um, besides just the money, but we'll get into that in a bit. But it is now finalized. Oklahoma and Texas are going to enter the SEC in 2024. Uh, it's a year earlier than they were anticipating, a year earlier than they had promised Um that's kind of the feeling that everybody got, though, that this is what was going to happen. Um, the news broke last year or last week, rather. Uh, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark had this to say in a statement, quote, as I have consistently stated, the conference would only agree to an early withdrawal if it was in the best interest for Texas and Oklahoma to depart in uh, uh, prior to June 30th, 2025. By reaching this agreement, we are now able to accelerate our new beginnings as a 12-team league and move forward in earnest with our initiatives and future planning. I appreciate the approaches of OU President Joe Harris and UT President Jay Hartzell to ensure an amicable conclusion to this process and look forward to the bright days ahead for the Big 12 Conference. Pretty much a long way of saying we feel like this was best for both parties and there had been some strained relationships between Oklahoma, Texas, and the rest of the schools. Oklahoma and Texas didn't want to stick around for another year. They did not want to have to go to BYU and play the Cougars. They didn't want to have to deal with going to Cincinnati or, or dealing with the, the Bearcats. You know, whether it's that they feel too good for those schools or, or what have you, it's just not something that Oklahoma and Texas wanted to do. Um, bringing in UCF Houston. Cincinnati and BYU was not something that Oklahoma and Texas were at the table to vote upon. That is not, they removed themselves from the process considering that they were going elsewhere. This isn't something that they agreed to, to play those teams, but they have to do it for one year and then they can get out. This is really a, a, a bargain for Oklahoma and Texas because they agreed to a hundred million dollar combined buyout, which is $50 million each easy math there instead of the 80-plus million that they would have owed in 2025 because of the 99-year agreement that the Big 12 schools signed after the uh, conference realignment in 2011 and 2012. They're supposed to stick together within this, quote-unquote, 99-year agreement, and if they didn't, uh, they would have a massive buyout. Instead, Oklahoma and Texas are paying $50 million apiece. As much money as it sounds like, it is a bargain for the schools. Another key part of the deal um, to let the two schools out early was a, a flip of non-conference games uh, between Michigan and Texas. According to ESPN, Texas will now visit Michigan in 2024 in Ann Arbor, and Michigan will come to Austin in 2027. Uh, that game had been scheduled to be played in the opposite ways, um, but that flip was uh, post- supposedly a key driver in Fox agreeing to the deal, uh, which Fox was who was holding things up. Uh, because they were losing too much inventory and weren't getting back w- enough uh, to allow Texas and Oklahoma to leave. Now they feel good about it, and uh, Oklahoma and Texas are able to leave. 
What does this mean for the SEC? Well, it means you add two of the biggest brands in football. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas hold their own weight. They have been the cash cows for the large majority of the time that they've been a part of the Big 12 Conference. Nebraska was that in the in the late early and late nineties. Uh, you know, after nineteen ninety six, when when uh, the Big Twelve was created, Nebraska also held this, but they uh, they've kind of gone dormant uh, since they moved to the Big Ten. Um, but in SEC play, this also means a a schedule change, and what I mean by that is the conference schedule that the SEC has been playing, which has been eight games, is likely headed to a nine game. Uh, conference schedule, which means there may not be room for a cupcake in in mid-November anymore for SEC teams. Likely what we're to see is three permanent opponents and six rotating opponents for each team Um, playing everyone in the conference in in a four-year span uh, will happen from that, which is something we've seen Georgia and Alabama avoid each other for the last 12 years or 15 years or whatever it is teams like that should have to play each other at some point there's there's no reason for that to be the case and it won't be in this new look so you'll have teams there will be protected rivalries we'll likely see oklahoma uh have to play well we do know that oklahoma and texas will be a protected rivalry in the sec but we'll likely see the texas a&m and texas rivalry uh rekindled oklahoma likely We'll start playing Missouri again, which was somewhat of a of a rivalry game in the Big Twelve. Uh, you could see Arkansas thrown into the mix there. In in this pods situation, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, there will not be uh, divisions in the SEC anymore, so it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but the conference this year to watch, in my opinion, is the Big Twelve because. You have one year with Oklahoma and Texas in the conference, plus BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. I think that's going to create a competitive, crazy fun atmosphere at nearly every game that you get uh, in this conference this year. And with the rise of Kansas, there's not really a team that you look at um, that you don't think is going to be an issue for for every other team in the conference at some point. Yeah, Houston was down a little bit last year, and, and Cincinnati might be down uh, in Scott Satterfield's first year, but I still believe that those teams are going to be good enough to give anybody else in the conference problems. Um, so this is going to be a really fun year to watch, uh, and I think something that we, we should all be paying attention to. I think one of the biggest questions I'm hearing right now, and something I want to address, is how competitive – will Texas and Oklahoma be once they enter the SEC? Now, there are a lot of scorned Big 12 fans who are just ready to see the Longhorns and Sooners leave, and I can't really argue with that. I totally understand where they're coming from. But to say that these two brands are just going to go and become Vanderbilts in the SEC, no events, uh, Vanderbilt, but you haven't done a whole lot in football, um, I think that's just naive because Texas has always had the talent that that's always been there. Texas has always been um, a team that could bring in top 10 recruiting classes year in and year out. But culture has been the issue there. I I'm not sure. I still am not sold that Sark is the guy, but I do have to give him credit. Last year was an improvement from year one. 
things did look better at Austin. And if he can build upon that, and if he can continue to see success start to stack in years, I think that Texas has a chance of continually improving. Now, what I mean by that is Texas, who went five and seven in year one and eight and five in year two, I need Texas to win double digit uh, games this season for the trend to continue. I think Texas is capable of winning double digit games. I think they can get to a 10 win season in 2023. But for me to feel confident that Texas is going to be competitive in the SEC, I need them to go out and do that now. Um, and I think that they are capable of doing that. If they can, then I will go on the record as saying that Texas might be the best it's been since Mac Brown left in the 2024 season when they f- enter the SEC for the first year. But Texas needs to continue building. They have the talent. They always have. Arch Manning is a huge get. I think that's a monumental key uh, cornerstone for the program, and I do think that you can build around him. I think he can be successful in the SEC. I just need Sarkeesian and Texas to build upon what they did last year. As for Oklahoma, they have more question marks uh, coming into this than I thought they might have a season ago. But in reality, I think Oklahoma is going to be just fine. They've got an excellent coaching staff. Yes, Brent Venables is coming off of his first year as a head coach at 6-7. and seven. He inherited a roster that had a lot of holes. As a first-year uh, first head coach with a completely new defensive staff, things were bound to be bad in year one. And I'll be the first to say that I was wrong in my expectations for the Sooners. I thought that Oklahoma would compete for a Big 12 championship. That is not anywhere near what happened. But I do think that this team will get better. The coaching staff is excellent, and that that shows uh, with the recruiting class that they pulled in this year. The number four recruiting class by 24-7 standards in the country. Number four. That's the best class Oklahoma's had since recruiting rankings were created. That's the best class Oklahoma's brought in in the last 23 years. It's also the best defensive line class that the Sooners have brought in in nearly two decades. So I think that they are filling pieces that needed to be filled. I think that they also are using the transfer portal to get immediate impact guys that can play one year in the Big 12 and then be difference makers when it's time for the SEC in 2024. So I think Oklahoma's going to be just fine. now. Does that mean that they're going to win five straight SEC championships like they did uh, or six straight SEC championships like they did in the Big 12? No, those days those days are over. You signed away from that. You signed away from being able to do that when you agreed to go to the SEC. You knew that that was not going to be the case. Oklahoma was the best brand in college football over the last – or was the best brand in the Big 12 over the last eight years up until the last two seasons when they, they – have kind of squandered a bit and fallen out of that. But to win six straight conference championships, that will not happen in the SEC. I'll be the first to say that. But I do think that Oklahoma should be one of the top two or three, sorry, top three or four teams in the conference in any given year. And if you're a top three or four team in the SEC in any given year, that means that you are a national title contender when the 12-team playoff takes place. So, I think that Oklahoma is capable of being competitive right away in the in the SEC. And I think Texas is in the process of getting there. Look what Texas did whenever uh, uh, whenever Alabama came to Austin. 
they played really well. I think that these two teams are going to transition into SEC play, and I think that they will be successful. It may not be exactly what the fans are hoping for uh, right away, but I do think that those two teams are able to step in and make uh, their fan bases proud in their first year. All right, let's pivot a bit. Let's go west. The Pac-12 is on the verge of collapse, and I think the Big 12 is ready to pounce. Brett Yormark and this entire uh, grand scheme of things over the last six to eight months has been playing chess, and I believe that George Klyavkov is playing checkers. Last week, there was a statement from the Pac-12 just days after uh, an, an article from The Athletic uh, the statement was the 10 Pac-12 universities look forward to consummating successful media rights deals in the very near future. Based upon positive conversations with multiple potential media rights partners over the past few weeks, we remain highly confident in our future growth and success as a conference and united in our commitment to one another. To me, that reads, we're really scared and we see the skies falling around us, so we need to put something out to calm the waters. Because... All we've heard in the last couple of weeks is negativity, is bad things about the Pac-12. There was a statement, There, this statement came just days after an article from The Athletic uh, that said uh, the commissioner, Klyavkov, had, quote, overpromised his members on how many bidders there would be and what dollar amount they could command. The target was, a, was north of $40 million per school, according to one league athletic director. That's not anywhere near what they're going to get. The same athletic director said, we don't have a deal because it hasn't been good. There are, <laughs> there are big problems in the Pac-12 right now. It's been five months since the Pac-12 started media rights negotiations, and there still has not been a deal struck. Fox is out. ESPN's bid was way lower than they expected. And then today, February 15th, CBS and Turner pulled their names out of contention, according to a report from Brett McMurphy. That tells me nobody wants what the Pac-12 is selling. And you can't blame them. They lost their two biggest brands already in USC and UCLA. And I'm not so sure that adding SMU and San Diego State is going to offset those like George Klyavkov is hoping. The Big 12 is really serious about expansion. And Brett Yormark has been open and honest about this. He wants to expand West. and I think that the corner schools are still their primary targets. And if you don't know what I'm what I mean by corner st- schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. I think that those four schools is who is who your mark is targeting for further expansion. On the flip side, George Klyavkov is putting his hope into two things that he probably shouldn't be. He's hoping that SMU and San Diego State will be enough to up the ante uh, from uh, media rights negotiations. Uh, and I think that he's also hoping that Apple and Amazon or Amazon will overpay for the Pac-12 product. And I just, I don't know that those are solid foundations to place your hope on. And I think that's where he's at because going full streaming, no television contract, but solely streaming, um, it's a risky move. Now, in 10 years, could that be the future? Sure. Yeah, I, I do think that we are moving away from the cable standard. I, I do think that there's a there's a very good possibility that ESPN moves off of the cable platform and ends up going towards streaming only. But we're we're not we're not there yet. 
I mean, cable is still how people watch their football, and I just don't think that that's going to be something that you need to put all of your eggs in that basket right now. And I'm afraid that that's what the Pac-12 is doing, and that's not good for the Pac-12 schools. Uh, but I do know that San Diego State and SMU would accept an invitation to the Pac-12 in a heartbeat. Obviously, it's a bigger chunk of the pie than they're getting uh, right now. But do they bring it up to the table to increase Pac-12 value uh, when it comes to media rights negotiations? I, I just don't think they do. Um, it's just not quite enough to get Klyavkov and the Pac-12 to where they want to be uh, as far as the media rights deals go. I just don't think that that's enough. And more interesting news on the front is that Ohio State and Washington have canceled their future home-and-home home series in 2024 and 25. So, you know, read the tea leaves here. Reports last year that both Washington and Oregon uh, met with Big Ten Brass in Chicago. We all remember that. They're looking for any way that they can to get out of the Big Tw- uh, get out of the Pac-12 and into the Big Ten, who just signed an eight billion dollar deal uh, for media rights. So they're trying to get a bigger slice of the pie. That's what this all breaks down to. Money is the driver for all of this money talks. And so I think that the PAC 12 is in a bad spot. I think that it's main schools are looking for ways out. And if that happens, the big 12 is going to get what it wants from the PAC 12 when it's finally liquidated. And then what teams are left are just going to be split up into whatever conferences want them. You know, you're going to see teams likely head to the, to the, the mountain West or maybe even to the ACC in a weird way. Um, but my bold prediction is I do think the Pac-12 falls apart, and I think that the Big Ten and the Big 12 are the main beneficiaries. I think the Big Ten adds Oregon and Washington because, like I said, money talks, and I think the Big 12 adds Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado. Here's where the prediction gets bold. I think this all happens in 2024, and my reason for that is I think that the Big 12 and and the schools that it's adding will be motivated for this to happen in 2024 so that Oklahoma and Texas are in the SEC, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington are all in the Big Ten, and then the corner schools are in the Big 12 all at the same time, and it all happens a year prior to an expanded playoff in 2025. I think that that would be fantastic for all the schools. We'd have a little – it would almost be like we had a little bit of of peace among the conferences for a bit, and I think that that would be enough – for Brett Yormark to hang his hat on as far as what he does for this conference as far as expansion goes right now. Now, when we get into a conversation down the road in a couple of years, when we start seeing super conferences, conferences of 24 or 36, uh, we could have that talk at another time. But I do think getting to 16 would be uh, a good place to stop for the moment uh, for Yormark. So if, if the Big 12 was to do that, they would have a 16-team conference just like the SEC would. Uh, 18 for the for the Big Ten, but the Big 12 would be made up of BYU, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, Houston, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, Cincinnati, UCF, and West Virginia. What a basketball conference. Holy cow. And not on top of that, you've got really competitive and really good football. I'm talk, that would be an, an incredibly fun conference to watch year in and year out plus you've got the BYU and Utah rivalry you add the Arizona rivalry 
between Arizona and Arizona State. Colorado, welcome back. Uh, sorry I didn't work out for you in the Pac-12. Uh, you're probably going to be a doormat in the Big 12 for a couple of years still, but welcome back. Um, all, all of those schools coming back in would give the Big 12 a massive footprint, right smack dab in the middle of the heartland of the country. See what I did there? <laughs> That's going to do it for us here tonight. Thank you all so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate you guys tuning in and coming back every week to the show. If you like the show, make sure and give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. I'm Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.